Good morning, Tim. How are you? You all right? I'm very well. I'm really looking forward to this um, well, um, four hours of editing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, we don't want to make the intros too long. Um, Carsten is maybe not somebody that everybody would know. However, it will be somebody that you will remember for the rest of your life. And I think that's the best way. Um, um, apologies in advance for names, political views, perceptions. Um, we're trying to give you a liberal platform for where we can express ourselves and where also our guests can express themselves. And that's all I'm going to say. Enjoy. Enjoy, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Uptime Punks. Um, so from the sunny valley of Silicon Valley, we're back in the dark concrete jungle of Berlin City, back in Germany, and we have a lovely guest here, uh, Carsten Samaschke. How are you, Carsten? I'm doing great, doing great, doing great, and thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, we were just laughing a little bit because we were speaking, um, Carsten was telling us about his um, story where we're going to get back into a little bit later, that he was one of the first guys programming homepages in Berlin. Uh, but yeah, um, anyways, um, as it was, last time was my turn, now it's Tim's turn. So Tim, please warm up the guest for us. <laughs> yes, okay, put on the gloves, Karsten. Ready to go. I'm ready. So um, yeah, we've talked about it. You, you, you are a deaf from, from the beginning, um, but to kind of get to know you a little bit better and give our audience a gist of what generation you are from, uh, we have prepared a set of questions that we ask every guest. And uh, one of those questions to start with is a very simple one, basically. What was your first mobile phone? Um, it was a Siemens S3, uh, uh, which was basically available uh, around 97, 98, if I recall properly, was my first uh, mobile phone contract and was my first phone. And I truly loved it until I dunk it into the water. So. Yeah. Until you dunk it into the water. What, what's that story? <laughs> um, how can I explain that? Um, you know, I'm a gadget guy. I, I love playing with gadgets uh, all the time. And there are those moments where you basically um, are, are in those quiet rooms um, where you are for yourself. And if you are then playing with your uh, uh, mobile phone and um, not taking care enough, it might slip out of your hand into a... yeah. Uh, yeah. to something which is there let me put it that way and it's not okay. it's not that nice getting it out again and uh, i don't know trying to dry it up uh, uh, i bought a new okay. one then. but but it, i remember as it was from the 1970s it was a quite heavy thing so i wonder whether the phone was broken or the thing that you dropped the phone into was more broken <laughs> No, it was the phone actually, because uh, uh, the phone, uh, uh, the phones back then in the, in the 90s uh, were uh, not water sealed or whatever. So um, getting them in, in, in touch with water was yeah. a major concern. I, I, I'm just wondering why you tried to take a selfie in the toilet. <laughs> no, absolutely not, because that thing did not have any sort of camera. It was basically a pure mobile phone. Um, it was if, if I would I would I would say it is around the third generation of mobile phones, not that clunky anymore. 
um, yeah. it is uh, uh, pocketable. Um, it, it had a decent uh, uh, runtime, like like six hours or whatever, uh, which was great back then. Um, and it was weighing like 250 grams, I guess. Uh, uh, so it was pocketable uh, um, around 96, 97, 98-ish, uh, uh, something along those lines. So back then, I'm, yes, I'm from that generation. Because <laughs> yeah, Siemens made some really, I remember I had like, there was this one phone which came out from Siemens, which was like really sexy where you could like just dock on a camera on the bottom. And like, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was a little later, like, like 10 years later. Probably a year later or something, but then Siemens mobile phones just died. And then you yeah. had Nokia, then it was, everybody thought Nokia is going to be the next thing. Nokia came out with Snake Free, and I think that's what killed Nokia. Snake Free was the one because they should have just stuck to Snake One. And then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it like, explains it was, a lot. <laughs> it's, it's like with Disney movies. The first one is always good. The second one is all right. It's acceptable. The third one, oh god, what have you done here? Um, so it's the same with with Nokia. And um, oh, it just seems that Apple is the one because Apple has found the the, the, the Apple has <laughs> well, forgive me for that one, but Apple has found the. The, the, the keyhole in the market, which is basically the people that just care about brands rather than functionality. And uh, it's sexy to have Apple. It's not about functionality, but... Um, Isn't it, yeah. Wasn't wasn't the, wasn't the uh, new Intel CEO speaking of that consumer-oriented company uh, from Cupertino just last week? Um, if I recall properly, uh, that's what he said. And uh, I feel like that pretty much sums up what Apple nowadays stands for. It's consumer-oriented. It's uh, yeah. basically the must-have toy. Uh, which then again is, uh, uh, and again, I'm from that generation, and I, I sound horrible saying that, um, which then again is the reason why I ditched my Apple line of products. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's just very expensive if you think about it. And um, it's, I mean, all the products, I, I was in the past also using Apple Watch and new iPhone and uh, Apple TV yeah. and all yeah. of these yeah. things. And now it's just like, well, new mobile phone maybe every three, four years. Nothing really changes anymore. I mean, but it anyways, does. now we're getting too much into details. I was about um, to say, guys, I mean, I'm, I'm from the generation Nokia and I'm definitely from the generation iPod, but... Um, oh, yeah. I had an iPod, a big one, On all... but you could kill somebody with it. Um, First but you know what? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah but you that know what? Really pisses awesome. me off? No, i tell you what pisses me off. That thing back then cost, I don't know, 350 euros. Or for, mm. yeah, 350 euros, 180 yeah, yeah. gig, really nice, all of this. If I connect it now to iTunes, it will not work. And why, why is my lifetime on a product like this based on the software developer? Which is Apple, Apple, they just, so what they've done in the past is they upgrade the operating system. Every time the operating system gets upgraded, they cut out a generation, which means now the new operating system probably doesn't even work anymore beyond iPhone 8 but it's the same with 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 charging cables and all that it's it's how it's that called programmed obsolescence or something maybe it, it's, it's it's just we're getting we're getting to we're getting, we're getting a bit too techy but also no, but, but, but Paul and, and, and Tim there, there's one there's one very important thing in this in this because that is not just uh, uh, um, true for consumer electronics um, if you look at uh, for example notebooks laptops uh, stuff What's like that uh, my first notebook was a Toshiba Portigi, I guess 1900. It must have been around 2001 um, because I remember I bought it uh, uh, when I was at a customer site for quite a long time and I used it to watch news around 9-11 on it. Um, that was basically like I bought it like like two months before that was my first notebook was, was uh, uh, a nice one. Um, 
But then again, uh, uh, it worked for like three, four, five years, and then you stopped receiving updates. Uh, uh, you stopped uh, uh, receiving uh, uh, replacement parts. Yeah. Uh, um, and you could basically then throw it in a bin, although it was just from a, from a, from a technical perspective, uh, quite usable. Um, and you know what? That is something uh, uh, that, that, again, I'm from that generation, uh, that uh, drives me mad because um, um, there's no need for, for I don't know, uh, putting bin, uh, things into the garbage bin just because they are getting old. Um, and... Um, you know, that is, there's a tendency we have in the industry uh, that's not only for consumer goods, that's also for pro-grade goods or even for cloud technology. We would then ask, ultimately, does it make sense that way? And I mm -hmm. feel like we will touch on that later on. I was about to ask, is that why you were um, always in software? Because it's, 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 it doesn't create any waste or any... Um... Yeah, or is it even so software not create any waste? But yeah, <laughs> um, um, you no. Know, first of all, first of all, I went into software because um, how do I put it? Uh, uh, I like being creative, and uh, um, working with software is some sort of creativity. You try to to uh, uh, create something around a problem. You try to solve a problem. You try to create some sort of an algorithm, um, and um, that's a, that's a creative part in there, solving problems, um, perhaps um, uh, being an inventor, innovative, uh, invent something, uh, 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 some new solutions that are not there. Um, the other thing that, that uh, I liked around software is, um, let me put it that way, I never studied. Uh, uh, I was in university like for, for two occasions. Um, and uh, that's about it. Um, but with software and being a software developer in the beginning of uh, the century, um, it was absolutely uh, perfect and absolutely uh, accepted that you start learning yourself, like being an autodidact, uh, basically just uh, um, um, you know looking into things, trying to understand how to solve them and work with them. So that's that 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 is basically um, and a different or another interesting factor in that, like being creative, being able to learn all the time, and then basically uh, taking that knowledge, taking that creativity, and see something you know arising from that. That is that is uh, uh, true, and that is uh, great, and that is still true for today. Um, mm -hmm. So that is that is part of what drove me into that. The other thing is basically um, you are uh, uh, in control. You are in control what you do um, because you are creating the solution. Um, you are not just, uh, you know, using things, um, you are creating the things. But I, you know, as a downside, I need to say uh, that kind of, um, um, that kind of uh, technical approach, like, like um, getting things out of functionality uh, over time, that is pretty much driven by software, because software developers um, tend to, to always work with the latest and greatest. And in the past years, uh, they they um, even uh, started to forget about the basics. They just used tools other people built it and created, um, instead of uh, uh, you know learning the fundamentals and trying to to be frugal with what they do. Um, instead, they are just using the next big framework which solves all the problems. But mm. using just a big framework basically implies a lot of load onto hardware and onto infrastructure. Mm. Um, and frankly. That is part of the reason why new generations of products uh, 
perhaps not uh, uh, focus around making things better, but instead of improving the sheer power that is available. Um, because uh, software developers, and I am amongst those guys, um, we tend to, to uh, just work with the latest and greatest. And uh, what we do is tailored towards the latest and greatest and perhaps the, the next latest and greatest thing um, mm. and not towards what is already there. Um, mm. So part of the part of the solution and part of the problem, to be honest. Um, and I'm I'm one of those. That's that brings me to the next next questions. I mean, there, there are many follow up questions one one could ask. I mean, Kubernetes and, and the platform economy we live in and the sheer computing power hyperscalers bring to to businesses to run applications and do stuff on it that is frankly speaking amazing um, if you think of it but then again there, there come problems with it but for now let's let's just uh, break it down to one question uptime because it times in ties in with um, with the sheer power you mentioned before so for you as a software developer guy at heart and by training um, what is uptime? Uh, to give a bit of context, we are the uptime punks. Um, uptime for us is pretty much what the data center space um, dictates as its first maxim: availability all the time, uh, or whenever you want it, zero downtime. But um, we've always had the, the feeling that it's a bit more complicated than that. H hence why we started this podcast, and hence why we always ask our guests this question to widen the notion of uptime yeah um, i mean if you would have asked me like three four years ago um when i was uh, uh, working with uh, some for example major airlines back at that time uh, um, helping them setting up their cloud strategies and so on and so forth one of the most important things back then was just mentioned by you that kind of zero downtime approach um but you know, uh, over time, uh, um, uptime um, or the, the, the perception of zero downtime uh, changed a bit. I mean, it's very desirable, absolutely. Um, and it's something uh, that you would want to have in place, um, but it comes at a price. Um, and the price for, for uh, being like 100% available uh, for, for scaling uh, into all of the possible directions and uh, up and down and left and right and whatever, um, the price for that is complexity. Um, and complexity on its own is then again something which stands directly against a thing like 100% availability or uptime. Um, so basically, uh, you try to, to uh, solve a problem that is perhaps not even there, like having to be available 100% of the time. Um, by imposing a lot of complexities, by bringing in new technologies, and so on and so forth. Um, so it, to me, that, that started sounding to, to, to some extent like a wishes circle. So to me, uptime nowadays is more like um, uh, reliability. Um, it's more like being available, but not necessarily 100% of the time available. Um, you can have planned downtimes. Absolutely, that's perfectly fine. And with modern cloud technologies, you could even make them disappear from, from, from the appearance. Uh, in regards to having a backup or whatever, which you would basically then bring into production, whatever you can imagine there. The point being is, um, to me, uptime nowadays is, uh, uh, technologically speaking, reliability and availability, but not 100%. And another aspect of uptime is uh, uh, longevity and uh, sustainability. Um, so those things are highly, highly important from my perspective, but highly disregarded. 
globally. Um, and part of uh, uh, why this is important is basically, um, again, I spoke about the complexities of software, or I touched upon that, let me put it that way. Um, you need to, to trust your software, you need to trust your ecosystem, you need to trust what you are working with. Um, and um, thinking of uptime, thinking of reliability, reliability, thinking of sustainability gets you into a direction uh, which touches things like open source, which touches things like availability, not only of infrastructures, mm -hmm. but of code. And if you think of that even more, you touch on things like knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. You touch on things like uh, being able to control things and being able to build things. All of those things basically come into what I would consider to be uptime. It's not just a sheer and pure availability thing. Mm -hmm. It's way more. It's some sort of a mindset uh, to me. I, I, let me put it that way. I would not call it uptime in my world. Um, <laughs> but basically, basically, I could I could happily live uh, uh, with that being called uptime because um, that kind of ma of mindset imposes reliability, sustainability, openness, um, approachability, um, and. Uh, uh, ultimately the ability to learn and to understand the things you are working with. All of those things are part of something you would call uptime uh, because it's the name of the show. Um, and I, the I, 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 the Musk yeah. digital transformation philosophy or? Uh... <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, huh. <laughs> now I'm trapped. Um, I, I, would, I would, frankly, I would call it reasonability. Um, um, I would call it um, um, sheer and pure, um, um, a sheer and pure approach of being reasonable. And uh, that's about it. Um, the point is, and that is something um, which truly, I try to avoid the hard words here, uh, oh, which, please, truly, because that yeah, which truly pisses me off. Uh, let me put it that way. Um, the thing that, that truly pisses me off is like we are steering into a future from a from a cloud's perspective, from a software's perspective, mm -hmm. where basically uh, like five or six or seven major companies in the world own everything. Mm -hmm. They own the infrastructure, they own the data, they own the software, they own everything. Um, I, I personally, I started a, a deplatforming attempt myself over the past weeks. Um, um, so getting away from Google, getting away from Microsoft and so on and so forth. And it's not just because we have, we might have, we, my company, Cloudicle, might have a competing product. The point is I'm scared to hell uh, uh, um, of a future where uh, basically um, they would know everything about me. They would even know things before I know them myself um, mm -hmm. just by owning it. And uptime or frugality or open source or whatever you might bring in there mm -hmm. um, enables you to steer away from that. Um, it gives you the tools and it gives you the approaches um, to perhaps utilize part of the infrastructure because there's nothing wrong with an Azure kind of environment. It's perfectly mm -hmm. fine just using the virtual machines, whatever. Um, but it does not make you dependent on those kind of environments and ecosystems. Mm -hmm. and. I see, you know, it's, it's hard to say that because I do not feel old, but I see the young generation um, mm -hmm. 
uh, not even the Nokia generation, perhaps even the younger generation. Uh, I see that kind of generation just using and consuming those tools without, you know, asking themselves, um, what are we actually doing here? Speaking, speaking of reason then, because you mentioned the reasonability, right? So speaking of reason, do you think, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to um, make a quick excursus. Reason is, is said to be the thing that brought us here, right? Le reason, enlightenment, science, all that stuff. That's why we have the great stuff we have nowadays, right? That's why we have AI. That's why you have data center, science, all this great technology that is supposed to bring us forward. So whether you believe that narrative or not, reason seems to be kind of the foundation of that. But my question is, um, let's cut the case um do you think we are um we have lost our reason in some ways along the way because it's not really reasonable for the, the young folks who just put everything their 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 mere intimacy <laughs> into the cloud speaking of the toilet selfies in the beginning <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just it's, it's stuff like that and i want to cut the case from the beginning because you you got into it and um and then I perhaps think we, we also need to get to know why you got into the industry and, and all that, but how you ended up being the CEO of Cloudical and still do software that, that sells itself and, and all that. But uh, yeah, tricky question. I feel like, I feel like um, um, you know, um, um, what, we, what we lost along the way or what we are in danger of losing along the way is basically the ability to understand what's going on and to control it. Um, that is a, from my perspective, is a major concern. Um, um, look at clouds, for example. You don't know where your data is going to be stored. Um, look at AI. Um, um, with AI solutions, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not against AI per se, not at all. I truly love it because it's a great approach and I totally understand it from a technical perspective. But the mm -hmm. point is we've lost uh, uh, basically the hand uh, um, or the feeling for the technology. We are just using it because it's there. Um, so it's not um, used um, with a sense of caution. It's not used with a sense of uh, a purpose. It's just used because it's there. Um, and it's basically inflating everything um, I just read recently about uh, the current CES where uh, basically AI was amongst the most uh, uh, prevalent things that are uh, uh, that were executed there, like uh, your vacuum cleaner uh, um, working with AI uh, to to know uh, uh, you know <laughs> this thing can 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 be taken away and that one not um, like or your your, your fridge. <laughs> Or your your microwave or whatever. All of those things yeah. um, um, uh, use AI, and um, you know one needs to understand, and that is very important to me. One needs to understand what AI actually is. AI is around and about collecting data and then analyzing that data and perhaps applying behavioral patterns to it. Uh, mm -hmm. But the, the major point there is collecting data. All of that data is being collected. It's perhaps not officially transferred to someone, mm -hmm. but all of those tools collecting the data are connected to the internet. And guess what? You cannot trust anything on the internet. Um, there's a saying, you cannot throw any fun or anything 
uh, uh, further than, you know, you cannot trust anyone or anything, anything further than you can throw it. Um, so try to, to, to throw the internet. Uh, it's not going to work. Um, so do not trust anything. Um, mm -hmm. so the, but the point is all of those devices are connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. um, so they are, you know, approachable. Mm -hmm. They are attackable. Um, they can be misused. And that kind of thinking, that kind of sense for some danger there, that mm -hmm. kind of uh, um, 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 that, that thinking of creating useful boundaries um, and uh, creating useful red lines, which are not to be passed or crossed upon, um, that kind of thinking is totally missing. We are currently living in a situation where everything goes somewhere, uh, uh, where everything is tracked, where everything is basically um, analyzed um, and it's out of our control. And, and that basically is the point where I get emotional. That is the point where I feel like we've definitely lost our way. I'm a huge fan of technology. Um, mm -hmm. Frankly, if you would call, if you, if you would ask me, what do you want to take with you on that uh, uh, island? Uh, um, I'd say, just give me an internet device and mm -hmm. give me the internet. And that's it. Um, <laughs> I love technology. Mm -hmm. um, I, can, I can live without a phone. At best, the internet device would be a phone, but it's a different story. Um, okay. I can live without any phone. I can live without books. I can live without letters because I would have them in digital form in the internet. Um, so I love technology, um, mm. but I'm afraid of the direction we are heading with, um, with huge uh, uh, technology uh, uh, companies owning all the data, exchanging it freely with each other. Um, and we, as the ones producing the data, we are mm. out of control. So that is basically something that, frankly, drives me mad and where I'd say we've definitely lost track. Okay. Because the technology nowadays, and I again sound like an old man now, which I'm not. Um, I'm 25 for the 20th time now. Um, <laughs> the, the, the technology uh, uh, basically is quite often used, you know, as a meaning per se and not as some useful thing adding additional value. Cool. Um, so mm -hmm. that's a problem. So what's your um I'm 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 wondering what, what, what the purpose of your gadgets are. So what's your latest uh, purchase of of gadget? So everybody got himself a little gadget during lockdown. Not everybody, but I, I got I my am a, microphone. I'm a total gadget guy. I'm a total gadget guy. Uh, my latest purchase obviously was a smartphone because um I uh, buy smartphones all the time. Um <laughs> It is uh, 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 the latest new purchase. No, truly, I was lying. My latest purchase was a ThinkPad T440P, like an eight-year-old uh, uh, laptop, which I uh, will use as my uh, um, living room kind of uh, uh, typing machine uh, uh, running Linux. But before that, it was a smartphone, obviously, um, mm -hmm. because I buy like three, four, five smartphones a year. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm truly, but, I'm a nerd. But how um, does that go with, with with what you just said? Uh, sorry, <laughs> that's but... <laughs> a, yeah, that's a that's a that's a very good question. Um, you know, uh, let me let me give you the answer that way. I uh, just completely, without one exception, got rid of all of my Apple devices, um, and that's uh, 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 that has to do with what I just said. Although Apple is supposed to be uh, the more privacy oriented kind of uh, company uh, compared to Google. Mm -hmm. um, but with an Android device, and uh, that's why I buy Android devices, 
uh, I'm able to install a custom ROM um, that might be able to work uh, without any Google services or at least um, limits that. Um, I'm able to exchange specific sp functionality even without uh, setting up a new ROM um, for more privacy-oriented functionalities, such as exchanging the keyboard um, on my Android devices. I, I use an open source keyboard, which is not comfortable, um, but it's privacy-oriented because it has no permissions at all and it just works fine. Um, so I can do those things with my Android device. Mm -hmm. um, and I can route them and I can uh, basically set up a custom ROM, which is focused then and centered around privacy, mm -hmm. uh, like from the e-project or uh, Lineage OS uh, ROMs. Um, and I could uh, basically then use the best of both worlds, like having modern infrastructure, modern hardware. Mm -hmm. um, and on the other hand, having uh, and running an operating system um, that is at least controllable. Um, I might not be able to switch up uh, to switch off all the things, but it is controllable. And it's the same reason why I uh, uh, recently uh, bought the ThinkPad uh, T440P because it's first of all serviceable. Uh, mm -hmm. You can exchange the batteries, you can exchange the processor, you can upgrade it like hell. Um, it's uh, 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 still running with decent power. Um, um, so it's still powerful enough um, and it runs Linux, uh, it runs Manjaro, um, 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 and runs it perfectly fine. Um, I, I, behind me is another computer, which is still running Windows for, for gaming, um, uh, but I'm going to, to kill that one as well. Uh, my main workstation is a, a, a Linux machine. Um, the notebook will be and is a Linux machine. Um, so I try to de-platform myself as much as possible. Um, I actually had, uh, uh, I owned a, an, an iMac Pro, um, mm -hmm. which is an awesome device. Uh, uh, it's the most powerful iMac you can think of, all in one great thing. Silent, powerful, looks nice, looks great. Mm -hmm. So like me. I sold it. Oh. I, 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 I intentionally sold it um, and exchanged it for a self-built uh, um, um, PC. Um, which is running Linux uh, because it's about control. It's about uh, uh, owning the things properly. It's about understanding them properly. Uh, perhaps it's about making mistakes. Frankly, I, I uh, mm. recently killed a processor. Uh, well, well, wasn't quite an expensive mistake, uh, but you know, you learn from that. Um, so yeah, it's about privacy then again. But the thing my, my is, gadgets. but the thing is, and perhaps Paul will agree because I mean, I I'm not the kind of guy who who does change the keyboard software on his phone because I didn't even know what the point would be. I think the important thing is what you type on the keyboard, right? Not really the underlying software itself. You may correct me here, but for me as a user, I mean, we're doing this podcast on a platform. It's easy, like it's podcast as a service two clicks we're on we're on air we're recording this shit and um we're not gonna name it but <laughs> paul recently found out that they are actually recording even when you don't record which is a good thing because we managed to get back some lost files <laughs> from a very important connection is broken i need to leave <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so the thing the thing is um it, it it it's for you it may be it may be true that yeah you you can somehow with your skills and knowledge work around that but for me mm -hmm. 
was a day, daytime job. I mean, it would take me years to get where you are. And not talking about the people who, who don't even have internet for now or who, who yeah. are even yeah. less. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm called a digital native, but I find that quite oh, exaggerated, to be honest, because I'm just a user of platforms and, and technology. I'm not really a native in that sense. And, and, and so do you get my point? My point is uh, you you may be able to work around this stuff, but I am not. So what, what, what would you suggest for, for guys like me? For, for guys like you, uh, uh, I would anyhow recommend looking into installing a different keyboard. Let me touch on that first. Yeah. Please allow me that. Um, because um, um, on your smartphone, the keyboard is the thing that you are interacting with the most. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's quite easy to specifically on an Android device just uh, install a different keyboard. The same is true for iOS devices. You can install alternative keyboards from the Play Store or from the App Store. Um, why would you do that? that? Which is a good question. Uh, again, the keyboard is the thing that you are interacting with the most and you interact with it even in the most secret situations. Um, and then ask yourself, why does your keyboard need to have access to your contacts? Why does your keyboard need to have access to the internet? Why does your keyboard need to have access to storage and what have you? Um, and uh, you could, I, I would, I would, uh, 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 I would, you know, ask you to do that, but I've, I'm pretty sure you would not come up with a truly conclusive answer um, because there is no sense in that. Mm -hmm. There is no sense. The keyboard is there for typing. You right. use an application to send out your data and not your keyboard in that regard. Yeah. Um, so um, that is something uh, that should make you feel a little bit suspicious about what's going on there. Mm -hmm. um, and frankly, it's, it's definitely perhaps not about uh, spying at you. That's absolutely right. Um, and you might even say, I do not have nothing to hide, um, which is frankly not true because the question I would ask is, um, if you don't have anything to hide, why don't I have your uh, bank account and your TAN and what, what have you for accessing it? Yeah. Because you can just hand it over to me. Uh, you don't have anything to hide. Um, but uh, the point is, the, the more important point is, even if you don't have anything to hide, who gives others the right to own that data or to, to have a look at it, right? Are um, you, so aren't you already that, at the stage where, where it is kind of, kind of too late? I mean, yeah, now I can go to the permission of my keyboard. I can even install another one. But to really yeah, get yeah. out of it, don't I need to be Carsten Zamaschke with over 25 no, no, years no, of no. Deaf experience? And <laughs> first of all, you don't want to me. You you don't want to be me. Uh, uh, just looking at your bed, I feel like I want to be you. Um, but um, no, the 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 point is, um, first of all, it's not too late. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, um, it's perhaps too late to say uh, to go complete offline. And frankly, I I was working. Um, with uh, some of the predecessors of the internet. Ah, now I feel truly old. Um, you know, mm. in Germany, we had a, we had an online service called BTX yeah. in the beginning of the 90s, uh, which was by Deutsche Telekom, uh, which was some sort of a huge mailbox. Mm -hmm. um, I, was, I was actually, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, dialing into mailboxes end of the 80s, uh, no, more like beginning of the 90s, because I'm from the eastern part of Germany. We did not have any mailboxes before. <laughs> uh, uh, 
1990. Um, but around 1990, I was basically buying myself and and some some sort of a acoustic uh, uh, kind of. Uh, I, I just know the German word. Um, German word is acoustic copper, where you would basically um, put in your uh, uh, your your earphone, um, and it would basically uh, uh, use acoustic signals mm -hmm. to transfer the data. Um, it was like. 1,200 bouts per second, which was like nothing. Um, so the point is, uh, I was I was using those things back then, and I do not want to get back to that, not at all. I love the internet. I love open communications. I love uh, being able to access data and so on and so forth. So we don't need to turn back that time. That's absolutely not the point. Mm. Um, but the point is, and that is something you could do yourself. You don't, you don't need to be me, um, my girlfriend, for example. And it's not like the typical men, women kind of thing. She's very deep into technology, uh, but that's just not her kind of interest. Um, she is skeptical about uh, being spied upon. So what she's, for example, doing is whenever she uses um, um, an app like Instagram or uh, uh, LinkedIn or whatever, mm -hmm. she usually uh, uh, uses it and then locks off. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, locks out of the application, mm -hmm. um, which she feels like uh, will uh, uh, ensure her privacy. I did not tell her that it does not make any kind of difference, but that's a different story. Um, so, so, but the point is, is a soothing uh, thing, really. But do you think that, that the, 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 the user interface, which everybody, on a, regardless the technical level, I mean, mm -hmm. I need to have some, but that the mere user interface of all these applications already allows you some kind of digital self-defense? Or would you need to go beneath that user interface? It's quite simple. It's quite simple. Um, um, what you could easily use and try to do mm -hmm. is just uninstall those kind of applications like LinkedIn, like uh, uh, Facebook, like Twitter, mm -hmm. and use the web, the mobile websites. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, uh, it's not the same experience. Absolutely not, um, because uh, they intentionally try to get you into using their applications because you know tracking is way more targeted and mm -hmm. you can learn more about but the basic functionality is still there like not even having facebook installed mm -hmm. is a is, is a step in the right direction uh not using linkedin from the linkedin app instead the using blog. the linkedin mobile uh, application which you can easily place on your desktop as a shortcut um yeah. Is, is a first step, is, is a step in the right direction. Installing something like a network-wide ad blocker. Oh, that sounds strange. What What is it? Is it, is it uh, complicated? Um, I just recently installed uh, Pi-hole and AdGuard here. Okay. And you just need something like a Raspberry Pi and just need to click it into your network. And it basically starts filtering away most of the trackers. Those are the things each one of us can do. But then you're um, a free rider on the net. You, you, you're consuming free content and stuff for no. free without, without, without giving your no. data. Because that's um, the deal, isn't it, Carsten? The deal is yeah, that, you, you are right. You're right. Stuff, that is... But you pay with your data. And that's, yeah, that's, 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 right. that's how economy works, right. isn't it? Um, you are right, but you are wrong um, at the same time. Um, so you are right uh, in saying that's the way it is supposed to work. Um, um, you are giving away your data in exchange for free access to the service of your choice. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Uh, first of all, um, um, installing an ad blocker does not necessarily mean that you don't see any kind of adverts. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is you need to understand that most of the platforms are refinanced uh, when you click, actually click on an ad, not by just seeing it. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, um, for example, my newspaper. Um, um, I use several uh, uh, sources for my information. Sure. And frankly, I pay for uh, uh, New York Times. I pay for The Guardian. I pay for my uh, German uh, magazine, uh, Tagesspiegel. Uh, I pay for my local news magazine. I truly pay for that. Mm-hmm. I, I choose to do that instead of uh, getting bombarded with AdWords. Mm-hmm. Um, they still bombard me with AdWords. And frankly, <laughs> I happily filter out those kind of advertisements. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, your data is a value on its own. Mm-hmm. Giving it away for free might be a reasonable solution. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is you need to to make the choice on your own. An informed choice. Um, yes, and it should be your choice. It mm-hmm. should be um, um, a choice that you make, as you said, based on information and based on knowledge and not based on no choice, actually. Um, like, use it or don't use it. Well, then I don't use it. Period. Um, I happily pay for it. I pay for my LinkedIn. Uh, uh, I pay for my Xing business network. Uh, um, I pay for most of my services. Um, and I happily do that, even if it's like 100 or 150 or 200 euros a month overall, perhaps even more, um, because um, I feel like it is worth it. Hmm. Okay. So I mean... Yeah, sure. I, there, there, there's some valid points. I mean, I, I, I feel it's it's quite interesting to see you, um, the CEO of a software company, talk as if he was fearing the, uh, the surveillance capitalism or I don't know some kind of dystopy. But I guess it's just being um, skeptical and and not opting into everything. I'm, 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 is it an American or is it a, is it because Germans seem to be quite tech um, skeptic? skeptical still i'm i'm absolutely not tech skeptical not at all um, um yeah to that's, be honest. that's how i would call um, what you just uh, mm-hmm. i mean tech skeptical in the in the thing not tech skeptical towards technology itself but what yeah, yeah. humanity or organizations do with it okay okay let me let me explain a bit of my background perhaps that makes sense yeah. uh, i was born in 1976 yes i am that old <laughs> um born in 1976 in East Germany. Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, um, in, I was a young boy mm-hmm. when uh, things changed, uh, but I grew up in an ecosystem um, where, which basically was later on well known for its surveillance. Um, my girlfriend uh, uh, is a little bit younger, like three years younger than myself Mm -hmm. and she grew up in the same uh uh, society in the same ecosystem and her her parents were basically opponents of i would not call it a regime um because i feel like that's too black and white um but of the current uh back then current kind of constitution and uh, government Mm -hmm. um so they were basically spied upon all the time Mm -hmm. um there were even people placed uh in the flat next to them just to you know, spy on them to mm-hmm. to make sure that they behave the way they are supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing that that uh, I learned quite early um, um, that um, you are all the time 
surveilled and uh, spied upon. Um, and I was, I was actually, uh, as a young boy, I was basically, we, we had a position in our uh, class, uh, uh, which was uh, called uh, agitator. Uh, <laughs> that was a person that was responsible for um, 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 transferring news, political news. Um, and I was the best uh, I I knew. Uh, was it an official because, person, or was it more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We had it. We had uh, um, um, within the uh, uh, within our youth organization. Uh, uh, each each um, um, each class mm -hmm. uh, uh, had its own kind of small structure, mm -hmm. uh, and you had uh, a leader of that group. You had uh, that kind of I, I don't know the English word. That kind of agitator, the person that agitates, uh, mm -hmm. that that brings in political news. Um, so I was I was doing that for several years, uh, and I every Monday uh, a Russian rocket started successfully and an American rocket exploded while starting. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with uh, uh, realism. It had to do with how you influence people, mm -hmm. um, and it was basically um, a a position that was required. It was not like we chose to have the position. It was it had to be there. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it had to be uh, fulfilled because the government wanted it. So I was one of the first influencers back then, mm -hmm. although with not the best kind of success because uh, the regime ultimately broke. Um, even I was uh, basically being politically responsible for my uh, fellow mates back then. But okay. the point is, um, I was or not? Did you just? <laughs> Or did you say, oh, that no, is a come good on, question. Fifth, I mean, I mean, fifth American rocket that does that. that, 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 that. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I was pretty confident that that was exaggerated. Um, but on the other hand, yes, I was believing that not 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 the fact. Uh, I mean, we just uh, 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 we just got rid of some uh, fact changing uh, kind of government uh, somewhere in the world. Um, so let me put it that way. It was an alternative reality. Um, it was an alternative truth. Um, um, but the truth served in, uh, and their things get a little bit uh, serious. Um, I mean, it served a purpose, right? Um, and I did that because I was at the age of 10 or 11 or 12 yes. convinced that I do the right thing because we were told it's us against them. Um, it's basically uh, the Western countries um, are uh, uh, just preparing for war all the time. I remember as a small kid uh, laying in my bed and crying because I was afraid of some atomic bomb being dropped. Um, those things. Um, but and that, that's why I did that. Um, on the one hand, later on I realized, you know, I was just used. Um, and um, um, we were basically brought into spying at each other. Um, so uh, it was some sort of rule that you had, rep had to report if somebody says something against the current constitution or the current government. We did not do that because we were friends with each other. But um, the point is, um, we, we, we were teach that from the very beginning. Um, we were educated to later on at the age of 18 or 20, stand with a gun in our hand and fire at somebody on the other side. We were told that. Um, so um, that is something um, um, later on in hindsight, I realized that. Um, and I felt like, um, um, you know, being able to have your own thoughts, being able to, to, to um, be, uh, 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 you know, be in control of what you do and what you think of mm -hmm. 
is a value per se because I was coming from a different reality. Frankly, I was not suffering at all, not at all. I, I had a happy childhood. Um, um, I did not feel like I was, I don't know, uh, uh, so whaled, whatever, all the time. I was happy, mm -hmm. period. Um, but I learned of other people who were not happy, who were suppressed, uh, uh, um, and who were basically uh, stripped from their privacy. Um, and that was done, and that is the important thing, that was done by the system. Well, uh, the system used old technology. They used microphones. Um, they used perhaps cameras. It was quite an intensive task to uh, uh, spy at someone in detail. They had to open letters. They had to, to place uh, uh, um, materials in your flat uh, just to be able to listen what you say. So um, Lots in of hindsight, too, yeah. yes, exactly. In hindsight, um, and, and the German, the East German Stasi was later on considered to be one of the best secret services mm. in that regard. Um, till today, probably, but uh, till today, uh, but I, but I would not sign that, frankly. Um, but the point is, now look at us, like thirty years later, in 2021, 2020. Um, all of the data people wanted to keep secret back then are now are, are now provided free of charge by those people, by just you know using those nice little smartphones. Um, um, because we type in everything, we install things, we pay with our data, uh, mm. we are trackable, we are visible all the time. Um, and you know what? That scares me to hell. Um, and I could not care less whether it is um, a private organization or a private entity or a corporate entity working with that data or a government. Um, the point is just look at Parler just like two weeks ago. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, um, I, it scares me off that such kind of networks can even exist. Um, but what happened once they were shut up, shut off? Somebody took like 70, ter 70 terabytes of data from them and handed them over to the FBI. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? Um, um, that data was user-generated data. Mm. It, was, it was not just like postings they did. It was like location data. It was like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, pictures, whatever. Um, all of that data handed over to a government, to, to a governmental body. That scares me. And that is then again the point um, where I say, given my history, um, where I say that situation is dangerous AF. Um, it is, it is, uh, and it, we've lost the sense of, you know, the sense of, of that kind of behavior being a danger, a mm -hmm. threat to ourselves. Um, and even if you say like, uh, you know, um, I have nothing to hide or whatever, I always play uh, on the grounds of, uh, uh, you know, the constitution. What if somebody changes the constitution? It's not like we haven't seen that before. I just remember uh, 33. I just remember like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it's always ever happening that regulations mm. change, but your data is still there. But is there a way... And now... Yeah, go on, go on. Um, um, now, as a software developer um, uh, and as a founder and uh, 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 CEO of a company, um, you know, I, I 
totally see myself becoming more and more a fundamentalist. I see that. <laughs> I sense that. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, let me put it that way. I'm reflected enough to see that. And like five years ago, ago, I would have stopped. I would have said, look to myself, look what you are doing there. Uh, uh, you know, that's just zeitgeist, um, yeah. outside. Um, but you know what? That kind of zeitgeist is not, is not going away because the data is way more too valuable and mm -hmm. way more too, too, too private to be given back to you. And mm -hmm. as somebody running a company, as somebody, as, a, as somebody running a company which makes a product, by the way, an open source product, and by the way, a true open source product, because but a license is a patch yeah, too, which basically means... We come to that. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, I, just, I just want to touch on the point, because it all belongs together. Um, with the free and open license, we basically say, just use it. Mm -hmm. um, um, the point is, we do that because um, um, we feel like somebody has to do that. Um, and it sounds like, I don't know, um, um, you know, completely losing touch with the grounds when saying that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we need to have some sort of technology that allows us to get back into control. Perhaps not completely. Nobody wants to do uh, to do things like we did them 100 years ago or even 30 years ago. Um, although all of us want to have Snake One back and not Snake Three. Um, <laughs> Totally second that. Um, but the point is, I do not want to work with my Siemens S3 Com, which I happily used like 25 years ago, oh, 25 years ago, <laughs> um, which I used back then. Um, I definitely don't want to do that. I want to have my modern day smartphone with the great display, with, with uh, the internet and uh, with perhaps the one or the other privacy invading app because I decided to use that. Um, but the point is, I want to be in control. And I want to be everybody else. I, I want everybody else to be in control. Um, so and you know what? Like now the, I'm drinking my coffee and waiting for the next question. No, no, I, I, I see you now. That like the sh the knight in shining armor of uh, data privacy. But I, I have a I have a couple of comments I would like to make on sure. uh, your your emotional speech. Um, <laughs> Pardon me, Odette. Um, going going back to 1970 first. Um, I mean, horrible what happened back then, how a, a, a country could have been divide, divided like this. But then um, looking at the way we're living at the moment in lockdown, um, having um, COVID tracking apps, um, reporting your neighbors when they're having more than two people over at their place, I just see myself reminded of a time where it's like, hold on, we were here at some point. How is this even possible? Um, I mean, I, I just because I went, this was when Tim, this was maybe in August, September, me and Tim went in the evening for a beer when it was still a sunny evening. And then two days later, my COVID app, even though I didn't even scan there because somebody was positive who was there, went off and my data was shared because mm -hmm. when you have the COVID app, you're sharing your data at all times and you share your location. So I have the COVID app myself, yeah. Yeah, so th this is where it comes. Okay, they're saying, well, your data is not going to be shared, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, there's probably somewhere in the disclaimers um, if for health reasons the country sees the need to see where the citizens are at they can access it let's be honest I mean this is how then I mean it's becoming so surreal that people getting caught here when there are three people working out at an outdoor gym in a playground in a park yeah. with trees yeah. around it and police shows up all of a sudden oh you guys are here working out how do you know we're even here you know so it's it's getting coincidence, just a coincidence. 
just a coincidence. And then it, it, I agree. It's kind of scary to see that we're becoming like um, we're becoming citizens. I will call it a citizen out of glass. Mm. We're becoming yep. so transparent to, to, to. I don't have a problem with transparency to the government, to be honest with you, because I feel it gives you a safety aspect. My only problem is to have transparency um, of my private life to um, multinationals, to companies, because mm. they use and abuse that kind of data which they um, yeah. get out of it. And um, me, myself and Tim in the podcast, we've touched on it many times, the, the, the topic of data and also for health providers. Yes, we. Are, I, I personally agree. I think it would be good if... Um, a national health provider could access the data of my smartwatch to see, hey, is Paul a healthy citizen? Is he? Uh, how is his heart doing? Um, how is his oxygen saturation? Mm. Would you be able to maybe see um, or, or is, pandemics like COVID in advance? Or yes, is the area Paul lives in particularly uh, healthy, by, unhealthy, or, yeah, or whatever it is, pollution or something. People die yeah. in London of pollution all the time. But, but then, but then, but then, it makes you think like we we lose our liberty as a citizen and the, the the thing is liberty is the most important thing and this is why for me it's like yes you're saying you have your five phones and all of these things ours used to be the same way and like now i've just reached the point like i i, I lived 23 years in the middle east grown up in dubai lived the life flown around the world then all of that things and now it my beauty is on Saturday morning, I get on my bicycle, I leave my phone at home, and I just go four or five hours out into nature, hear the trees. I mean, I, I sound maybe like an old man, and I'm only 31, but it's like, do, do we actually need all of this? Do I need all of this data? Do I really need to know? Like, the, 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 my watch has to, it goes to the extent now, it has a body battery. So I woke up today morning at 1.30 because I couldn't sleep properly, looked at my watch, my watch said, Oh, you had 60% charge only. I mean, oh, bloody hell, tomorrow I have to go running, I have to go cycling. Okay, then I went, closed all the light, um, closed all the light out. So basically put the blackout curtains down. And then I was like, okay, changed the alarm, slept an hour and a half longer, woke up, 99% body charged. But is this really data I need? Um, and I'm still feeling tired. But anyway, so how realistic, this is a different question. But I, I, I'm very glad and I'm very happy to see that there's people like yourself out there who are still trying to make a change and not just swim with the fish. Swim with the fish in a certain way, but at least to say, hey, guys, there's another alternative and I want to be the one that offers this kind of alternatives to everybody. Mm. Comes to my next question because this is one of our favorite topics. Just Yeah, just one thing before... Um, it's basically the same question. Is there an honest way to make money with technology nowadays still? And then, then what do you think uh, and what, what do you understand uh, in the term honest? Um, um... Uh, let's say, let's, let's not say honest, let's replace it with your definition of... Uh, and what is technology? Re Define technology. Tim. Reasonable. Oh, come on. This is not an academic podcast, guys. <laughs> um, um, uh, so just, you know, you know, you know, is there a reasonable way to I, make money with technology? Whatever. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Let me, let me, uh, uh, allow me to answer by, by uh, answering um, with what somebody told me like some several weeks ago and I was just nodding and saying absolutely I could not I could not have uh, uh, said it in a better way he said you know nowadays most of the technology 
is uh, pretty much indispensable from what other companies are doing. Um, I mean, there are some you know, different aspects to that and so on and so forth. But basically, the basic technology is pretty much the same. And that is, thankfully, due to the fact that we, for example, have open source and a strong open source movement. Mm-hmm. But that is not the answer. Um, but uh, given that most of the technology, or I made a, I make it a little bit more specific. Um, my company is, for example, uh, working with Kubernetes. Um, yeah, and Kubernetes? Uh, pretty much all of the... <laughs> Let me touch on that a little bit later. But uh, most of the Kubernetes distributions out there do not differ from each other that much. Here's a feature... Yes, a different feature than the others have, and so forth. Basically, it's Kubernetes. It's basically the same kind of technology. The same is true for Linux distributions. I mean, it's a Linux distribution, period. Um, and that is good uh, for that matter. So how could you differentiate and how could you make money? And that was the point that person uh, touched upon. And I was like, wow, you completely blew me out of the water because I could not have said it any better. He said, the difference is values. The difference is... Uh, basically, the way how you approach your customer and how you work with them. Um, mm-hmm. You can make money. You can make money uh, uh, pretty much out of everything. But if you want to make money in a sustainable way, it's all about values. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, we need to define those values, but it's about values. It's not about the technology per se. It's about values. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do with the technology? How do you set up the technology? How do you work with that? And frankly, that kind of privacy and uh, what Paul was touching upon, I totally second that. I mean, on the one hand, uh, we are in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, frankly, I'm pissed off by by uh, companies that force their workers into the office just because they are just used to that um, and not by having a true kind of reason. Um, but the point is... Um, we are in the middle of the pandemic. We are giving away data in, an, in to some extent, an informed way, um, um, like with the COVID apps, for example. Um, and that data has not to be abused. That data has not to be misused. Um, uh, that data needs to be worked upon with values again. So the answer to your question, can you make money with technology? I'd say yes, but doing that sustainably and doing that uh, uh, in the right way, uh, in quotation marks, mm-hmm. has to do with values. It's all about values. Um, because it's the same as with a knife. You can use a knife to, I don't know, make your breakfast, uh, or you can use a knife to hunt down Paul and um, make him a breakfast, whatever. Um, <laughs> so the point is, exactly. Um, the Paul's point is... fit at this point with all his uh, Iron Man training. <laughs> Did you know that Paul trains for the Iron Man? Ah, oh, come don't start again, mate. <laughs> he likes to tell that every single guest. So I took the, I took his thunder this time to my personal uh, <laughs> Mate, it's hard training. It's very hard training. I, I had my I last rest day. I had my last rest day on the seventh of January. My next rest day is next week, Monday. It's now like seventeen days of no. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm on a four thousand calorie deficit a day. So it's like. The diet, I'm, diet. You know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm walking around like 12 to 15 kilometers a day, uh, but I'm still uh, uh, on no calories deficits. Uh, but that's a different story. Um, well, so, I, so I normally run about 10 to oh, 15 kilometers a day. Pandora and, 
and then at least <laughs> well you know, if people want to know two to four hours on a on a on a turbo trainer because i can't go cycling outside and turbo trainers are much harder than outside cycling because you don't you have to continuously paddle that's the only difference and this is what a lot of people underestimate timothy thank you very much mr aka david letterman of tech um moving on to our uh, to our uh, final question and uh, a very hot topic um I, I, somebody told me um you, you you don't think really highly of guy x do you <laughs> uh, who told you about that uh, was it me um well um, so the pros and cons uh, let's let's talk about the positive things it brings europe together it unites a nation it unites the germans with the french which is something very rare um which is really, I think this is already historical enough that the Germans and the French can agree on something on one table. Sorry, my French and my German friends out there, but I think this is hilarious. Um, but um, yeah, but you're quite concerned about, I guess, the data? Um, first of all, uh, I truly love the idea behind Gaia-X. Um, um, but uh, Gaia-X is uh, has changed a bit from my perspective. Um like like a year ago, it was like um, we have some sort of a catalog of European companies working at the same standards, um, applying and uh, um, living, uh, um, you know, the GDPR rules and so on and so forth. Um, and we just have some sort of a marketplace where you can basically choose uh, vendor A and combine that with an offering from vendor B and so on and so forth. That was and is the idea. Um, the focus there back then was like having it in a European way. Um, and yes, uh, I was in discussion with uh, some people on the internet lately um, that has, and it was supposed to be some sort of a protective approach, like um, creating some sort of a European uh, 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 offering, um, not a European uh, super cloud or uh, hyperscaler or whatever, but just you know, some sort of a virtual cloud uh, or virtual offering, not even a cloud, a virtual offering made of uh, a lot of local uh, uh, partners and local offerings. Uh, that is something uh, back then where, where I said, that is awesome, that is great, that is amazing, uh, because it would cover, uh, uh, you know, regions, it would cover businesses from small to big, um, all with the same kind of idea and same kind of mentality in place, right? Um, and uh, uh, they have and had uh, quite strict rule sets in place, um, like uh, you need to apply uh, to GDPR regulations, uh, um, you need to have uh, somebody speaking up for your organization which is uh, living within the European Union and so on and so forth. All of those things I feel like are truly, truly great. But, and here comes my big but. Um, you know, in reality, First of all, Gaia-X has not moved over the last six months. There was a lot of announcements, but frankly, they wanted to start some sort of prototype uh, beginning of 2021 that did not happen. Um, it is now supposed to happen like June or July, whatever, in 2021, and I would expect it to be further delayed. Um, that is one thing, which is not a major thing, but again, it's, it's a wasted time then. Um, the other thing is that um, now, Gaia X just welcomed just before Christmas. Gaia X welcomed Microsoft to the organization. Um, Google uh, uh, is uh, indirectly part of uh, the group because they partnered with OVH. 
um, Amazon uh, uh, is now part of uh, uh, the Gaia X consortium. And you know what? This renders all of the positive things of Gaia X useless. Mm. Because now it is again um, something um, that is not a European approach anymore. And it's not about local and uh, uh, not about, uh, um, you know, domestic knowledge and dom domestic uh, uh, offerings. It is about then again, uh, having all of those uh, major companies uh, being and playing a major role there. It's basically a complete change of direction. And you can start a countdown until Alibaba and Tencent will join the consortium as well. Um, because that is going to happen Alibaba in the already future, is, from my perspective. Um, we, yeah, we they done, are already. We have done a webinar with Alibaba about Kayaks already. Okay, um, pardon me on that. Um, but the yeah, point Carson, is... The I hope you're free on the 27th because I would like to have you on my opening panel about Kayaks. <laughs> I'll happily be there. Um, no, okay. but, but the point is, just, just to make that short, the point is um, uh, what I feel like, and that again closes to some extent the circle, um, the thing that, that drives me mad is the complete loss of knowledge that we are currently experiencing within Europe. Um, and I truly mean Europe, uh, perhaps even including uh, uh, the Brexiteers of this world. Um, so um, we are completely dependent on, on uh, uh, organizations from the United States, from Russia and from China. And don't get me wrong. Um, I do not uh, say one is worse than the other or any one of them is anyhow bad, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But the point is this continent, um, which has a lot of, uh, uh, which historically had a lot of knowledge, uh, which was able to shape things, um, which was uh, a part of the leading group, is completely losing track. And that frankly scares me to hell. That even scares me more than I can say here. Um, and that is why uh, I feel like Gaia X is struggling at the moment. Uh, to me, it is, uh, we happily participate in that. Um, but, you know, the approach, the, the basic, the initial approach is gone, is lost. But this is part it, of history. Isn't, 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 isn't the, the fact that Google and Amazon are eager or I don't know if I'm if they are really eager if they just want to be in there for whatever reasons Andreas Weiss once said it very nicely I believe it was um, I don't remember his exact words and and he's he's kind he's a defender of it but even he I guess I don't want to speak on his behalf anyways but I think yeah the reasons why Amazon and Google are in there we, we don't really know for sure right but it could I have an idea it could be a sign that they have understood that we are really um, pushing this idea of GDPR, that we want to know what's going on with our data and hence their only chance to continue to do business with European, uh, with Europeans is to do it through Gaia-X by adhering to the standards and hence come part of Gaia-X and hence offer their products and services within the Gaia-X framework where they are compliant. So this is, this is one thing. 
and, and Carsten is looking at you like you're brainwashed. He's like, <laughs> no, 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 That's just something that you that you <laughs> the one could argue, right? It's not me. I'm, I, I, the, the, one could okay, argue. Hey guys, that. we can go on for hours no, over this. Carsten, please. Podcast needs to come to an end. Tim, I need to stop you here. I'm really sorry. Carsten, please stop you here. And then we and then we finish. I'm promised. I happily come back. I happily come back. No, Carsten, to do And, and he's going to be sitting on the opening panel, which we're going to um, <laughs> define now after this. Um, uh, I, I think it's great. I think I would like to leave this episode with people wanting more. And we're going to be, you guys will be getting more of Carsten. And uh, we're going to make sure of this. But we also need to make sure that we don't run over time. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, so I think I think it's a, it's a great wrap up. And, and I like your, I agree with Carsten to a certain extent. Um, it's, how you it's see a cliffhanger, these... mate. It's not a wrap-up. It's a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, wait for season um, two. Yeah. yeah, wait for season two. So, Tim, so we got a first cliffhanger here. Um, I had to, I really apologize because I had to basically throw both of you out. But the thing was, things were just getting too heated. And I must say also, if people did get offended, I did edit the episode. And there's a couple of things that were cut out of it because otherwise, um, yeah. let's just say, some parts of the conversation got too um, heated. And um, maybe, um, well, our views were a little bit too strong. Yeah. But, but if, you, if, you, if, if, if you want to have those parts or listen in... Um... <laughs> You can write to us directly, and we can. Um, if you are ac accompanied by a, by an adult, we can. Uh, yeah, we can give it to you. <laughs> uh, so we don't want to make it too long because um, there's part two as well. So we hope that you guys enjoy part two. Um, please don't forget to um, subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcast. Um, check out our homepage. Um, got some really nice comments already. Um, Tim's Tim's face is unfortunately selling in the color of red. I don't know why, but um, yeah, just go on www.uptimepunks.com. Check it out. Um, and yeah, you can follow us on LinkedIn. And um, if you're a fan out there, just reach out and... Uh, We're always happy to, to, to have a <laughs> great dialogue. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, guys.